Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Updates on the Michigan State University shooting don't get us any closer to understanding what in the world has happened here. They don't give us an understanding as to why this 40-something your old man walked onto the campus of Michigan State University and started firing. Three students are dead, five students injured, and a note in this guy's pocket about, well, he's also keeping an eye on schools, high schools in New Jersey. It's odd, it's awkward, it's strange, it's weird, it makes no sense whatsoever. But, of course, that doesn't stop the gun grabbers from going about saying, see, this is why we need to get rid of firearms. Of course, that isn't the case. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. That's how we play our game. I wish I had more for you. I wish I had more uh, about what's going on and why this happened. Now, you're going to hear me talk a lot about this, about the idea that the people who who want to go about claiming that it's about guns, they, they aren't correct. This is about society. We have shootings that happen everywhere. And as we just saw in New York, we have things other than shootings that happen everywhere. Like, for example, multiple people being run over by a U-Haul truck, one person killed, the person in the truck begging police to shoot him. He wanted suicide by cop. But yet we don't have people talking about car violence, only gun violence. The students at Michigan State University are planning a protest. I don't know what they're protesting, but if, if, it was, if you told me it was a vigil, I'd, I'd understand it. But it's claimed to be a protest. And Attorney General Dana Nessel is going to speak. So this is an anti-gun rally. According to one of the organizers, uh, says many of us right now are fe- fearful of even walking out of their homes. Some haven't left their dorms. Man, I am sorry to hear that. This, this, that, that, that's awful to hear. According to one of the organizers, the MSU students want to show leaders in the community the effects of the shootings have had on students. They plan, this is the reporting. They plan to sit crisscross like they did when they were little and just learning how to respond to school shootings. I, I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to be. We really don't want yelling and screaming, according to the organizer. This isn't about politics for students. Then why in the world would you have the attorney general speaking? This is a platform piece for her to eventually run for governor. One would assume, but I'm used to students. Certainly, uh, we saw this at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, Parkland, five years ago. Children utilized by adults to move ideological agendas. And then these kids believe that's the only way they can exist. And that's how you get David Hogg. I never once said a word about David Hogg when he was uh, under the age of 18. When he was 18, I started at least saying he's wrong here, he's wrong there. Now, as a uh, student at Harvard, that he and he, by the way, didn't earn that. 
David Hogg did not earn his way into Harvard University. What are you, out of your mind? David Hogg was given Harvard University as a reward for being utilized in the anti-gun movement. That's what happened. That, again, that's what happened. Um... Uh, according to to one of the the people protesting, uh, support students and hear us. We want legislators to hear us out. We don't need them to tell us we'll be okay. We just want justice for three students. Well, define what justice is. If if, if you mean you want this person prosecuted, I do too. If you mean I, living in Indiana, shouldn't be able to have a firearm, I will tell you now, uh, I I don't think I'm going to go along with that. You're wrong. And this is a hard one for people. And and I, I have taken to making this a rather strong point because I, I think it's, it is that important. I believe that the Second Amendment is sacrosanct. I believe the Second Amendment cannot be touched. My right to keep and bear arms, my right uh, to protect myself, the ones I love, uh, it, it it overcomes everything. You have friends, fellow students, who were killed. It's awful. There are parents who lost their children, and I don't begin to understand what it is they're feeling and what they're going through. Not for a second. I get it. I don't understand what they're going through. But what they're going through does not force me to give up my rights. I speak about my parents often. And, and you know, by now, I would have hoped to have had uh, my mother uh, on the show. My mother's great on the show. She, she's, she's terrific. But it's been a very rough year. It's been a very, very rough year for my mother uh, medically. And thank goodness she's much better now. And we've, we've discovered what some of the underlying issues were. And, and she's getting what she needs. And, and hopefully uh, will be a, a much happier, much healthier, uh, much stronger person going down the road. But my mother is, is not the same. She's not. My mother's not the same. Um, and, and I wouldn't do that to her. I wouldn't put her on the air now. My father, mentally, still the same. <laughs> oh, oh, I say, I say that with, with a bit of respect and a bit of, oh my gosh, you have no idea what it was like growing up in that house. Um, physically is not. My father, um, uses oxygen. Now he's 85. My father walks slower. He walks with his body uh, uh, askew, one shoulder well above uh, the, the, the other. The mind is sharp as a tack. It's crazy. The body is not. And my father has real anger about not being able to protect his wife or himself the way he used to, the way he felt he could where he at least had a physical fighting chance. He doesn't have that now. It bothers him. And while he doesn't say it this way, and, and I'm not trying to out my, my, my father, I, I think that we may find we have uh, connection points here. Um, he's, he's afraid. He's fearful, not that 
someone's going to hurt him. But that when the moment came, he wouldn't be able to do his job, which he sees as protecting his wife and himself. Some people will laugh at that, and some people would call that toxic masculinity, and some people would say, oh, uh, he, he needs a gun to make up for... These people aren't worth your time and attention. They're awful, ignorant, disgusting little children. Or they're not awful or disgusting, but they are ignorant. They just don't know. They don't know that for many husbands out there, being able to provide and being able to protect is part of the job. It's a sense of pride. They take it as important. This is what they signed up for. And when they can't, man, it's, it weighs on the soul. But as my father states very often, you know, that trigger finger of mine works great. The firearm is his way of equalizing out the fact that he physically can't throw the punch anymore, but he can still aim the weapon. And he goes and he shoots from time to time and, you know, keeps himself, you know, uh, understanding of what to do. The question is, because of what happened at Michigan State University, should my father not have the ability to protect himself? That's the question. Now, I ask that question. See, we're told, oh, it's a shooting. You don't bring up politics in the, in the wake of a shooting. Well, everybody does. And I'm going to get into some more uh, about that. So everyone wants to get into the politics and Biden wants to get wholly political. Of course, Biden wants to get political. All Biden knows how to do is be political every moment of every second of every day. Joe Biden is being super duper, uber, uber, uber political. And of course, he did it again. And uh, I'm committing to get it done with all of you. Some of you know I, that... Uh, and I'm going to say something that's always controversial, but there is no rationale for assault weapons and magazines that hold 50, 70 bullets. Uh, assault weapon. He couldn't define it. You know, you know he means AR-15. He thinks AR stands for assault rifle. The man doesn't know. He doesn't care that he doesn't know. He's proud not to know he's proud of his ignorance uh, I, I find that far too many on the political left are um a a uh, a handgun was used a pistol was used um at michigan state university not an ar-15 not a quote unquote assault weapon so what's he talking about why does he bring this up because he's unserious about these conversations and about these things the question that I am constantly left to ask is, should my father have to sacrifice himself to the hopes that he isn't killed, to the hopes that his wife isn't beaten? Because somebody else says, bad thing happened at Michigan State University, now you can't have a firearm. I believe the answer to that question is no. My father should not have to go through that. I don't want my father to go through that. And I think it's okay to fight to ensure that he doesn't. I don't actually care if you find it an acceptable reason. Because in the end, I've got the Second Amendment. Our issue 
regarding Michigan State University is the same thing that is our issue with this U-Haul driver who murdered one and injured many others in New York. What leads someone to do the thing? That's the question. What leads someone to do the thing? What is happening in society? And so I have a theory, and I'll get into it. But I wanted to, and I'll get into it later. I wanted to share with you what's going on with the update with Michigan State, the update with this U-Haul driver, and, of course, the gun grabbers who never waste a moment. Well, I don't plan on standing silent and silently standing by while they do it. I don't question the pain of those who lost loved ones. I will not sacrifice my Second Amendment rights to anyone's pain. And I'm willing to debate that out anywhere. I'm Tony Katz. When America is distracted, the world is less safe. And today our enemies think that the American era has passed. They're wrong. America is not past our prime. It's just that our politicians are past theirs. Oh, damn. Oh, good Lord and damn. That's Nikki Haley in her announcement for president. And if you don't think age is on the ballot, son of a gun. Son of a gun. That's a good line. That's a super good line. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Uh, so you, you've got uh, Nikki Haley there. She's running for president. I'm going to get into to, to more about this. And man, the knives out for her. But I wanted you to, to hear a little bit uh, from her about uh, how she's going to go about this. And I thought that was just, that was just killer. America's not past its prime. It's that our politicians are past theirs. That's, that is brutal, brutal, I tell you, holy, holy, holy moly, I'm sorry, that, that's a good line, that's, that's a good piece, take, take that to the bank with you, take that to the bank, take it uh, to the river, wherever it is you take things to banks and rivers, uh, that, that's good. That is a really, really good line. Uh, weird CNN story real quick that you have um, a producer, the executive producer for Jake Tapper, which we would agree is a pretty big gig. Federico Quadrani, he's been fired because Federico Quadrani was having a relationship with a subordinate. This is exactly what happened to the CNN head honcho, Jeff Zucker, because he was having a sexual relationship with another executive by the name of Allison Gollist. But since she was a subordinate to him, I'm sorry, you can't be doing that. You can't do you-know-what where you-know-what, so therefore you-know-what. You gotta go. Got it? Gotta, gotta, gotta go. I think it's amazing. I'm always amazed by what people think they're going to get away with. 
They think that this is all right. They think that they're going to get away with it. No, no, no. No one will know. What do you mean no one will know? Of course everyone's going to know. Everyone will know. They will find out. As a source said, it's going to get out because the news was spreading. Now, here is, look, I'm not a Jake Tapper fan. I think Jake Tapper has beclowned himself, made himself a, a fool for sure, and on a personal level, disgusted with the man. My words, uh, a leftist rag said, oh, my gosh, Tony Katz makes fun of Joe Biden's stutter. Never, never happened. Never happened. As I said on this show, if Joe Biden wanted an apology, maybe I'd give one to him. But other people screaming for an apology, I'm not doing anything for them. I don't have to. Groups were screaming, we're going to go after your job and this and that. No one ever did anything. They were just flapping their gums on Twitter. 20,000 people. How dare you make fun of Joe Biden, fatty? That happened. It was crazy and 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 the hope that they have from that is that they'll be able to cancel you that they can do this and they can cancel you and you'll be canceled and that'll be the end of that you're only canceled if you let them you're only canceled if you let them cancel you that's it you don't let them you just keep on going with your life and that's what i did one of the people who piled on was jake tapper Jake Tapper and Willie Geist, they never saw it. They never actually watched it. All they wanted to say is, hey, here's a good way to look super woke and above it all and get some clicks and get some likes. Utilize me as the day's cannon fodder. Screw Jake Tapper. To Jake Tapper's credit, in addition to have always called out Louis Farrakhan as the anti-Semite Jew hater that he is, the minute Tapper was presented with information, like not rumors, But data, he went to HR. As is written here on page six, but just as they were about to be cleared of the HR probe, Tapper was, quote, presented with something that he could not ignore. And they note that Tapper saw it. He was like, you know what? I gotta gotta do something about this. I have to do something about this. So um, you're gone. Your guy's gone. Losing your producer, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. The guy who was the executive producer for Leland Vitter, who's, who's a friend over there at News Nation, he's the guy who got tapped to now run the morning show at CNN. Dude, that's rough. That's rough. That's a guy you're, you're relying on, you know, how you're shaping the show and building the show at that level, the type of guests, the purpose of the guests, all that. Like, that's a, that's a really intense thing to do. And to lose your guy who you have rhythm with and trust with, That's rough. This guy had been with Tapper for 10 years. That's a a long build. That is a long, long build there, and to lose that is pretty rough. Pretty rough indeed. But to Tapper's credit, if if I turn my back to this, I'm screwed. I can't do it. And that's what happens in these situations. You're relying on everybody else to risk their careers because you can't figure out how to have a normal relationship with somebody who doesn't work for you. When two people of, of a level work together, right? That never bothers me. And it actually doesn't bother me when if, if it's a consensual relationship in this respect. But I accept that the business can't afford it. They can't afford to risk it. So for this, good on tap. For the people at CNN, dear Lord, date somebody at MSNBC. Wait a second. That might be a terrible idea. Try Fox. 
I'm Tony Katz. So if these objects aren't from China, where the hell are they from? And no, don't tell me that it's proof that the aliens are here. I'm not. Can we stop? Can we stop that, please? The, the, we are not being invaded by aliens. Would you stop it, please? Thank, thank, thank you. Huh. So ridiculous. Is this proof? Of aliens, do we get? Uh, are, are the aliens here? There are no aliens. Could you just please? Oh, cut it out! This is just getting ridiculous. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything tonycats.locals.com. We should play um, maybe one of our new favorite games. Did Seth Meyers say something funny? And and it's I know it's it would be rare. Uh, but the late night host went on a little bit of a tear that he hopes or he wishes that uh, uh, Donald Trump was president because he would tell us immediately if there were aliens. He would he would uh, just tell us right away. Oh my gosh, and there are aliens, uh, people. Uh, you're gonna get probed. Well, that's me saying it right there. That's what he wishes. And so he, he did that, that little routine just for like one hour because it was aliens. He would blurt it out instantly. Is that funny? Did Seth Meyers actually say something funny? Worst, worst, worst television host in history. But they all are. All the late night guys. They're, they're, they're not interested in comedy. They're interested in, hey, remember how bad Trump was? Huh? It's, 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 it's really weird. It's, it's like watching the old Jewish comics in, in, in the eighties. Remember me from Kutch's? Honestly, five people, five people got that joke and I would do it. I would do that joke again. That's how damn proud I am of it. But these latest objects, not Chinese in origin, according to the National Security Council. So of course you had the balloon. Now, the balloon's got its own story, and I'll get to that in a second. The balloon is, of course, the Chinese spy balloon, and the Chinese spy balloon 
was shot down after across the United States. As I said, I'll get to that in a second. The other three objects over Alaska, over Canada, and over Lake Huron were shot down. Now, if they aren't Chinese, well, then what are they? I mean, somebody actually said, was, was it, I wonder if it was Biden. It could have been, for all I know. Could have been, uh, could have been balloons from a, from a used car lot. Really? Shecky's cars for less all of a sudden lost a couple of balloons off the lot, and they went to Lake Huron. By the way, if I'm talking Kutcher's, uh, there's got to be a Shecky's reference. Everyone just settle down. Uh, uh, send, send your hate mail to Aron Yisrael at TonyKatz.com. Feel free. Feel free. And, and send it in the Yiddish, wouldn't you? I mean, we might as well go all the way with the thing. We don't know. We don't know where these where these balloons are from. That I, I got. I I have a hard time with that. Or these objects, right? We don't know where they're from. I have a hard time with that. But it's also possible that we're not being told. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the government saying we're not sure. We'll let you know when it's appropriate. Because letting us know would let the enemy know that we know. And sometimes you don't let the enemy know that we know. Sometimes you keep that secret from them. You keep that away from them. You don't reveal your entire hand. I believe this. And and compared to some of my contemporaries, I think I'm in a I'm in a strange camp on that one. Because I accept the idea that there are things that we the American public should not know. We elect people to handle the work. So we don't have to, so we can go about living our lives, and their job is to handle those things. We put our faith in them with the vote. That's the way it's supposed to work. I accept the fact that a secret is supposed to be, and and wait for it, secret. That's why my response to all of the classified documents being found, whether it's Joe Biden's place or it's Donald Trump's place, or they found two documents at Mike Pence's house. Two documents. But still, it's too, too many. My, I am infuriated, angered, disgusted by the classified documents because it says two things. Number one, we have an intelligence community that is desperate to keep things from the American people, even when they don't have to. Classify everything, don't let anybody know crap. That's, that is the mantra of the intelligence community. Oh, oh, busy day at the intelligence community. I stamped 42 things classified. Um, hey, did you bring back uh, the lunch order you wanted uh, from the Chinese place? Oh, classified. That's what's happening. It's about keeping your job and proving your job. It's ugly and it's just flat out wrong. Wrong as wrong can be. That's 100% happening. But the other thing, you have them in your possession. If they're supposed to be secrets, I need them treated like secrets. And when they're not treated like secrets, what you're telling me is you're willing to be all willy-nilly with the safety and the security of the United States of America. And I elected you not to be. I elected you to handle that job so I could handle my job. I elect you to go to D.C. to handle that stuff so I can do what I want to do and then have a beer. Or a bourbon or a cigar or what does it matter? But when you don't do your job, then don't look at me when I get angry that you don't do your job. Don't tell me I don't have a right to say something. I'll say anything I damn well please. 
I was disgusted by it in the case of Pence, in the case of Trump, in the case of Biden, and the case of Sandy Berger and the Sox, all of it. Classified documents are supposed to matter. These things are supposed to matter because we want to keep something secret. And just like those things matter, it matters that you don't let everybody know your business when you know it. One of the most important things you can do is not tip off the enemy that you know their next move. You don't tip off the opposing team that you know whether it's going to be a run play or a pass play. You don't tip off the pitcher that you know it's going to be an inside slider. You don't tip them off. You let them figure it out. You got them understood. So if the argument is that we know some things about these objects, but we're not going to say anything about the objects, and so therefore we're not going to give any information on the objects, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But this brings us all back to the balloon, the Chinese spy balloon, because this is a conversation of what made you think you were going to be able to keep this a secret. So we have to engage a chronology that kind of goes backwards or maybe back and forth. Remember that, and I forget the, the actual week, this balloon was discovered on a Wednesday. This balloon was discovered when a couple of people in Montana looked into the sky and were like, man, it's a nice day. Holy crap, it's a balloon. Tommy, Tommy, you seeing this balloon? Look at that size of that thing. Man, it's really up there too. It's up there and it's huge. Tommy, Tommy, what are you carrying on you, Tommy? Now, I don't think you can hit that from here, Tommy. I wouldn't do that if I were you, Tommy. You know, the last time we tried to shoot at something in the air, Tommy, oh, that did not, that did not work out too well. And little Tommy lost his Frisbee. Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to do that, Tommy. You know what? You know what? Let's call somebody. And that's how people knew that there was a balloon. And then there was a picture in the newspaper. That's how you take a picture like that. That's a, like an old timey click like that. And uh, we were off to the races. And we watched that balloon traverse the country to off the coast of South Carolina, where it was then shot down. And we said, you're shooting it down then? Why didn't you shoot the thing down when it was over Montana? I mean, why not shoot it down when it was over Montana? That would seem to me to be the right time to do uh, such a thing. And then we learned, well, wait a second. We knew about this thing when it was over the Aleutian Islands. That's Alaska, for those of you playing the home game. Wait, we knew about it then? Well, that had to have been before Wednesday, which is strange because we were told by President Biden that that was the day he said to the Pentagon, shoot it down. And it was the Pentagon who said, well, sir, oh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna injure some people down below. Where's this balloon? Montana. People down below, you say? All right, we'll wait people down below even senator steve danes of montana said what were you gonna do hurt a prairie dog just shoot the thing down what are we crazy but we knew about it over the aleutian islands which leads to the question the president said shoot it down on wednesday but clearly if we knew it was over the aleutian islands we knew about it earlier than wednesday did the president decide not to shoot it down until Wednesday? Or was he not informed until the thing was made public? Made public. You see, it was known about, but didn't become known about by us until someone looked in the sky and said, Tommy, a balloon. Now comes the news that the Defense Intelligence Agency had spotted the balloon 
before it reached Alaska. Let me say that again. No, not me. Let CBS News say it. Back here in Washington, there is breaking news tonight on that Chinese spy balloon. CBS News has just learned that U.S. intelligence watched the high-flying airship as it lifted off near China's south coast. That means the U.S. military had been tracking it for nearly a week before it entered U.S. airspace, longer than originally known. They didn't just catch it in flight. They caught takeoff which means a couple of commanders and a couple of other guys got themselves some popcorn and some bourbon, and they were like, ooh, sending off a balloon, are we? Well, let's buckle in and enjoy the show. Holy cow. You knew about this for a week. A week, almost seven full days before it entered U.S. airspace. And you thought, you could just follow it along and no one would look up once. Are you out of your mind? You are the, you're the military I'm supposed to respect here? What? What? But now let's apply everything else we were just discussing. Let's say they knew that the Chinese had launched a spy balloon. Okay. Now what? You know, the Chinese have launched a spy balloon. What should we do about it? Hmm. Let's put our thinking caps on. Huh. Got a Chinese spy balloon. What should we do about the Chinese spy balloon? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Let's ask somebody else. Uh, Yeah, ask an admiral. Admiral, what should we do about the Chinese spy balloon? Huh. Huh. Chinese spy balloon, you say. Spy balloon from China, you say. Hmm. Uh, how about we, um... How about we watch it? What's that, Admiral? We'll watch it. Okay, all right, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. Guys, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. All right, everybody watch it. And watch it for a week. Admiral, we've been watching this thing for nearly seven days. Ah, oh, very, very good, guys. And, and where is it now? Uh, it's, it's, it's just about to cross into U.S. airspace. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, the balloon. Balloon. It's, it's, right, it's right over there by Alaska. It's, it's about to cross the U.S. airspace. And when it does, we're, we're going to serve cake. Are you telling me that no one thought about what would happen when people could see it? That somebody might ask a question about it? That people have the technology on their phones, never mind any level of surveillance equipment that they might own as private citizens, to be able to see that this thing wasn't a weather balloon? If you wanted to surveil it from when it lifted off to when it got to the United States, that's one thing. You could have shot the thing down. No one would have known. And by the way, that would have been okay. That would have been 100% okay. We didn't have to know. We did not have to know. That's not what you did. You kept watching. You did what Chuck Schumer said that you were doing. You were just going to keep an eye on it and keep an eye on it. And, whoa, we got so much information from watching the Chinese spy balloon. What about the information it was getting? Oh, we had ways to jam that signal. Am I to believe this now? 
I hope that's the case. But you're telling me, you didn't tell me prior, you're telling me now, and now not only are you telling me that you were seeing it prior, you're going to tell me that you got information off of it? That's the message you're giving the Chinese? That's the message I would tell the Chinese, but it don't make it true. Nah, this is a mess. This was a mess from beginning to end. This is one of the prime examples of it is never the crime. It is always the cover-up. Always, always, always the cover-up. The Biden administration has stepped in this when they didn't have to because they don't have professionals running the show. Taking a look at the balloon, that's acceptable. Tracking its flights, learning from it, acceptable. You shot it down anyway, but you waited till it, cre- it crossed over you, the United States? That's insane. And they deserve every bit of derision they get at the administration. They are children. And what they've shown us is that they're incompetent children. I think that's the worst kind of children, no? I'm Tony Katz.